Hello, my name is Cheryl G and I would like to welcome you to the second in a three-part series entitled Emmaus or Bus. Last week, we discussed the beginning verses of Luke 24 in which Jesus has risen from the dead and has joined two of his disciples as they embark on a journey from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus. As these men grapple with their griefs over his crucifixion, Jesus supernaturally appears and begins to have a conversation with them. He tells the men what the prophets have prophesied about him from Moses to this moment on the road to Emmaus. Let's continue our journey with Jesus and these two men as we make our way to Emmaus or bus. The title of the second segment of Emmaus or bus is called The Things Concerning Himself. We will be reading today from Luke 24, 25 through 27. But first, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to gather together today with the goal to have a new, fresh revelation about Jesus and all the things concerning himself. We believe that this fresh insight will draw us even closer to God and demonstrate that his ways and plans are always infinitely higher and better than our own. Lord, we humble ourselves to receive from you today. Clear away every distraction so that we may grow in our knowledge of you. I humble myself as your vessel right now. Only have me speak what is given to me to say by the Holy Spirit. Not my words, Lord, just yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let's read Luke 24, verses 25 through 27. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In this passage, Jesus calls the men fools and that their hearts were so to believe. Wow, what a strong statement from Jesus. I've asked myself, what would cause these men's hearts to be slow to believe? Last week, we discussed how the traumatic events that they had experienced in Jerusalem had left such an impression that they were continuously rehearsing and in a sense reliving the events to the point that it was clouding their spiritual vision. So much so that they did not recognize that it was Jesus walking with them. In this verse, we learn that there is also something going on in the men's hearts that is preventing them from fully believing what the prophets have said and written about Jesus. Jesus knows that until this issue is corrected, it will impact what the men are able to see. Being the masterful physician that he is, Jesus is able to immediately diagnose the issue. He pinpoints the fact that perhaps due to their traditions, these men have a limited understanding of who he is. When Jesus asks them, to tell about what had happened in Jerusalem, one of their responses in verse 19 is, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed. In other words, they could believe Jesus was a prophet, but may have struggled with him being the Lamb, the Son of God. These men had an incomplete knowledge of Christ, despite the fact that they had walked with him and observed his ministry. They, in their grief, had turned away from the word and turned to their own reasoning instead. 
Jesus, however, in his infinite love and patience, continued to walk with the men and begin to show them through the scriptures all that the prophets had written concerning him and his eternal ministry, which was bigger and included what would happen in heaven after Jesus' resurrection. Their thinking was simply too small and was missing the big picture that God's ways are eternal and encompass more than the present circumstances that we are facing. Jesus' ministry therefore began long before the time he spent on earth. Revelation 8 refers to Jesus as the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. How did the word become flesh? Jesus explained to the men how the prophets prophesied about him long before he ever appeared on earth. In fact, Jesus fulfilled over 350 prophecies spoken by the prophets. For instance, in Isaiah 53, 5, we learn that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And then, after Jesus' resurrection, Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 8 through 9, that, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Notice that Jesus' ministry not only extended to these men, but goes into the future to you and to me. Jesus knew that if these men could receive a clear understanding of all the things concerning himself, Then they could receive the fact that he suffered because God cared about all that was concerning man, his fallen state and his need to be redeemed back through Jesus's work on the cross. Today, God is concerned about all the things concerning you, whether it's your health or your work life or your family, whatever it is that you're going through. Most importantly, he's concerned about where you spend eternity. God wants you with him in heaven. So as John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus' invitation extends to all who call upon his name. It's an eternal invitation to be saved and a part of God's family and kingdom. Perhaps today you are standing at the crossroads and are not really sure about the road that you're on. Your journey so far has not been great, and you've been searching for answers and wisdom on how to make the next part of your journey better so that you can turn your life around. I believe that as you have been listening and we've come into agreement, and what I've been sharing with you about Jesus has struck a nerve and has built up your faith about who Jesus is. Let's now go one step further. The Bible says that if anyone calls upon the name of Jesus, they will be saved. So I'm going to invite you right where you are to let Jesus become the savior of your life. The word says that if any two on earth agree, Jesus is in the midst. Just as he appeared and walked with his disciples on the road to Emmaus, I believe he's right here with us now. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door knocking, and if you open it, he will come in and sup with you. If you are ready today to have Jesus come into your heart and sup with you, repeat these words with me. Jesus, I call on your name today. 
I need you and I want you to be my personal savior. I confess my sins and ask that you take away from me and give me a fresh start today in you. Thank you that with this confession, I'm now a part of God's family throughout eternity and I have a new heavenly home. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed this prayer, welcome to the family. It's important that your faith be followed up with action and that you connect with a local church or a body of like-minded believers that share your faith and are studying and learning the Bible, the Word of God. Ask God to guide you to the place where you can continue to grow in your walk with Him. I thank God for our time together and would like to invite you next week to listen to the third and final installment of this series, Emmaus or Bus. See you next time. God bless you.